1: Welcome to Hustle & Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we're two sisters who love business.
0: On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we know all the challenges that come with starting a business. Between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company, we wake up and hustle every day.
1: But we love what we do, and today is our very first Conversations with Sisters. Our goal is for you to get to know us and understand the why behind the podcast a little bit better.
0: We get asked all the time, what is Hustle & Gather? Yes. And
1: it's kind of like an existential answer, I feel like. What is Hustle & Gather really? What are what are this? <laughs> I guess
0: so. But Hustle & Gather started really as a creative outlet for me and Corny back in 2019. And I would love to say it's because we were bored and we were in a great place with business, but that actually is not the truth at all. It was a really hard business year for us. Our business was still like all over the place. We were still trying to figure out really what we were doing, but we just knew that we loved talking to people about business and we really wanted to do more for others that wanted to be entrepreneurs. So we started Hustle & Gather.
1: We've kind of become a sounding board for other venues that are opening up in the area. Other planners have reached out to us about planning things. So it just kind of seemed like a natural thing to kind of like talk about our business, kind of our ups and downs, and to prevent other
0: people from falling into the same pitfalls. And making the same mistakes because we have made plenty of mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. So then we kind of dabbled into one of the things we always hear is well, me and Courtney bicker and banter all the time. Yeah. And it's not nec- – and we don't – we do it everywhere and anywhere we are. Like, we are not afraid to have a conversation in front of other people. And so people are like, I don't know, find us, I guess, entertaining or comical. So we started doing Conversations with Sisters on IGTV. And we have a couple episodes out, but we just felt like just wasn't serving our needs and what we wanted to do. So then we thought of yeah. – A podcast. I know. It's an original yeah. idea. It's so original. <laughs>
1: We actually love talking and bickering. So there's that. And I felt like this kind of gives us unlimited fuel to talk and bicker because we're going to talk to other entrepreneurs about their journeys and how they got to where they are. And then we're going to like dissect it and digest it between Dana and I in conversations with sisters. So the show flow is going to be, we're going to talk to an entrepreneur. The first one week is going to be all about their story, very... Very guest focused first, a lot of them talking, a lot of us listening, just interjecting periodically. And then post that podcast, we're going to talk about what we thought about it, what we took away, how we filter that through our very different filters. That's like the thing about us. Yes. is like we filter things and see life very differently. Even though we came from the same origin story, really.
0: But yeah, so that was really something we love because we used to, whenever we would have like a conversation with somebody or we would, you know, experience, you know, someone else's energy or whatnot, we would, yes. we're always driving together. So we'd be in the car with, like, okay, like sister talk, can we be real? Like, how did that <laughs> affect you, whether good or bad? And so that's what we felt like was so... I know sometimes things are really – sometimes they're just super silly. Sometimes they're super inspired. Right. Sometimes they're super ugly and we're like, yes. this doesn't go beyond this card. Oh, yeah. That. This is ugly talk. Well, and sometimes <laughs> there's some name calling between the two of us about – to each other. That's true. Because some of us like to be assholes. It's not me. What? <laughs> That's absolutely not the truth.
1: Being an outward asshole is better than being a passive-aggressive asshole. Any day of the oh, week.
0: Was that a little passive-aggressive though? <laughs> <know. laughs> I don't
1: know. Depends on your definition. <sighs> oh, gracious. <laughs> So that's what you can expect. That's what you can expect.
0: But we wanted for you guys to get to know us a little bit better. We felt like it'd be helpful to understand our points of view a little bit to know who we are. So we want to do kind of a Q&A. So whenever we're out and about, these are questions that get asked to us all the time. All the time. Yes. It's the number
1: one question. Literally, question. we get asked it at okay. least once a and month when we're out and about. Yes. Is, are you twins? And the answer is no, no, we are not twins. Courtney
0: is actually older.
1: I'm older, but I look younger. Whatever.
0: (laughs) So it works out. She's only, you're almost three years. You're between two and a half and three years, like two years, nine months. I'm actually two years, six months, and like one and a half weeks older than Dana. Thank you for that very specific. (laughs) I'm just saying if I do the math, I believe that's what it is. So we are not twins and we actually have another sibling. We have a brother,
1: a younger brother. Yeah. Dana will reference being the middle child, but awesome. then everyone's always like, even though she says that, they're like, oh, is it just you two? We're like, no, Dana's the middle. So there's yeah. one at the other end of yes. her. So we have a brother.
0: His name is Jeremy. And he is a little over two years younger than me. So he's like two years and three months. No. He's July. Yeah, he's July and I'm April. So we're all like, we were all born within five years from very, very, very young parents. Yes. Our
1: parents yes. are really only – are only 20 years older than me. So yeah. our parents were babies when they had me, like, just out of high they school. They were married. They were. The math adds up. But, uh, yeah, so we were, like, babies who were raised by babies. And I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. It does. So where are we from? We are from Florida. We are. Literally. In the middle of the state, east coast, yes. like, right there, Florida. Yes.
0: But I would like to ask a question. When can you say you are from a state – so we moved here – when I was 14, Courtney was 17, and then I guess my brother was 12. So we've been here for 22 years. So yeah. I've lived in North Carolina longer than I have lived, than I lived in Florida. Ditto. But our family still lives there. So our parents only lived here for five years, and they moved back to Florida. And I, Courtney stayed and got married. I stayed and went to college. And then and she got morning, married. And I got married and stayed here. So we're originally from Florida, but I feel like I can say I'm a North Carolinian. And I identify with North Carolinians much more than Floridians. Yeah, but I think
1: really a lot of our formative years were in Florida and it just highlights the difference between like, I always feel like it's very different going back to Florida than living in North Carolina. And I tell my parents that even though it was traumatic at the time, being like a junior in high school and moving to another state, that it was like the best thing that they could have done for us. For sure.
0: Totally. It was great for our family.
1: It really felt like moving to Raleigh, North Carolina, in particular, being surrounded by colleges and industry.
0: Like it was so a much
1: totally a good opportunity for us. Yeah, so much. All right.
0: What are your actual companies? So we get asked this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, like what do you actually do? What do own? you do? Because I see you everywhere. So we have our very first business with Sandy Events. Mm-hmm. It opened, OG? In, yep, opened in 2006. So we're on year 15 this year. And then we opened up Bushel & Peck Florals. Although we didn't really have a name for it. We just did florals and this is our last year of doing it. It was supposed to be 2020, but then pandemic hit and people Mm. moved their weddings, Mm. but that's going away, which we're perfectly fine with. And then we had the Bradford, which opened in 2014. Yeah. We were building it in 2013.
1: 2013. The first wedding was 2014. Yeah. We're getting ready to launch a luxury brand called Anthem House. It'll do less weddings, very design and client detailed which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more like as the podcast continues, but just being able to reach a different market. And also we are totally about our girls being able, I guess it could be guys, but they're all girls, honestly, all of our employees to be able to kind of reach their goals and not really hit their glass ceiling. One of our girls have been with us, Becca, for a very long time, kind of her brainchild yes. and us kind of facilitating it. So it's actually making it happen. So it's actually a really cool evolution in entrepreneurship to where... Your employees are able to
0: do present ideas and move your company forward. But anyway, and now we have hustle and gather. So hustle and gather um, that right now, what it does is it really serves as a way for us to uh, speak. So we do speaking gigs all over the country and do keynote speeches and we are kind of venturing into coaching. We do coaching on a just as needed basis by people who reach out and ask us to consult.
1: Yeah, on like venues and planning. Yeah. Most
0: mostly venues. That's right. that's really where our strong suit is. So the question we get all the time is did you always want to own a venue?
1: So the answer is like no. I don't know if there's very many like people who are like grow up and they're like, you know what I want to do is open a venue.
0: No, I mean, okay, true. Yeah. So we were both teachers first. Yeah. Like I taught chemistry and physics at Sanderson High School and I, I taught seventh grade science. Yes out of middle school for a long, long time. And then I did go to middle school my last year before I f- finally quit teaching. But I think we both knew early on that with teachers, is right. not what we wanted to do. And we wedding planned alongside teaching. So wedding planning was just a hobby while we were teaching. But the whole reason we got into wedding planning was to open a venue yes. that we were like, hey, there. we saw in the Raleigh, North Carolina
1: area that there was a lack in the type of venue that we needed to facilitate Dana's egregious guest count in air conditioning. Mm -hmm. And we were like, wouldn't it be amazing to open a venue that had X, Y, Z. And then we decided that our scope was limited, right? Mm -hmm. So all we really saw it through was our eyes. And why don't we get into wedding planning to kind of open our eyes to what other people are wanting so we have a better pulse on the industry. And that is what actually started C&D Events was to do market research Mm -hmm. to be able to open a successful venue, And I think Dana just placated me for a while that was like, hey, sure. Yeah, we'll do that. Like we'll do wedding planning and we will open a venue one day and blah, blah, blah. Until like I was serious. I was like, no, no, no. There's something to this actually. We're going to do
0: this. Don't placate me. I'm actually serious. Yes. But it took about seven years for us to really make enough money to be able to put a down payment on a piece of land because we knew we wanted – eventually wanted to build like – We thought about renovating, but with renovation comes history and like we just never knew we were walking into. And so we were just like, we're just gonna build from the ground up.
1: And that's the other thing I think that people don't people don't know is that we are like so we were so safe. Yeah. And how we did things. Like we put the down payment with money we earned from event planning. And move forward in that way. It wasn't until we were in the middle of Bowen and the Bradford that we were like, okay, we're actually going to have to disrupt our personal lives to actually build this. And it became very... Sorry. Risky. And then it became risky. <laughs> yeah. But all leading up to the years to that to was be. not supposed to be. No.
0: But we will, in this podcast, you'll kind of hear bits and pieces of our story and definitely give more insight into that. But if you have to know right now, there's a really great episode. That on Weddings for Real, it's episode 13. Produced by Your Fluence. Yes. <laughs> and they tell our whole story. So I think that's definitely worth checking out. The whole um,
1: Bradford story. It's in inner-
0: Yes. The whole Bradford story. How we got into wedding venue ownership.
1: All right, so what role do you play in the company? So there's two of us. Yes. Dana always points this out, like she'd be making a bigger salary if I weren't here. That's very true. So I think it's interesting to note, what role do we play in the company? And I was curious because I have a good idea of what I do, but I was like, Dana, what is your role in this company? Oh, that's a good question.
0: <laughs> I feel like... My main role, I think, is a lot of managing our event director at the Bradford and kind of like the logistics of things at the Bradford. I care a lot about organization. So I feel like I'm the one that comes in like a hurricane office. Like this place looks like a freaking dumpster fire, like get it together. Why don't we have bins? Why don't we have an organizational system for XYZ, like that is just my thing. I, create, But that's only your thing like two times a year. Uh, yeah, I create a lot of, <laughs> of SOPs. I did a lot of the marketing stuff for a yeah, long time before Sarah came along. So I used to do all like the stuff in Adobe and all our ad generation. And slowly my job is becoming a little less important, I feel like. So I'm starting to delegate it. But I think overall it's just the think tank part yeah. of it. And really, I think I pick up more of the Bradford slack, I would say, on the management side, because you handle a lot of the c and D management and all the money. Like you're you're Miss Moneybags.
1: Yeah. So I handle all of the cash flow. So I don't do the day-to-day accounting. Like I don't balance our accounts. We have an office manager for that because that was really a sticking point in our relationship. So it was either hire an office manager or go to countless hours of therapy. It was going to cost us the same either way and the office manager was going to end up better. So
0: our office But we manager, had but we had to go through therapy to figure did. that out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was There was like I think maybe like
1: 6 months in our like career that day ended the money and she was like I don't want to do this. Like well, I don't yeah. want to be responsible well, for it and it caused so much tension in our well, relationship.
0: and to be well, to be fair to you as well in this is I only balanced it I only bounced our checkbook maybe twice a year. Yes. So she would call me from like the bank and she'd be like this would be like December.
1: So like, say like December 29th, right? I'm being generous. It's probably the 30th or 31st. And she'd be like, when did you deposit $1,500 June 7th? It says you went through the drive-thru and I just don't see. And I was like, I have no idea, Dana, because I was over six months ago and I can't remember. And I'm cracking my brain trying to remember what it was that I
0: deposited. Was so frustrating. I would spend hours on the phone with the bank trying to figure out what is this check number? What's it for? Because you had to like expense it. It was so fresh, and didn't matter. I'd be like, take a picture of it when you go through and send it to me, or jot it down so I know. Because it wasn't. It's not like I lied and said I'm going to balance this next month. Like we all knew I was going to balance it six months later. So, so now we have an office manager. So if you don't have one of those and balancing is not your
1: strong suit, so we suggest. I suggest it's not a lot of money, and it's the best money you'll spend. But. That being said, I manage all the big things, like the cash flow, like what we're going to spend, any projects we're going to take on employees, like when we're going to take on new employees, like do we have the money? Do we have the money for raises? All those things kind of get filtered through myself. And then also, I work very closely with C&D Events to make sure that our, we call them planning partners, are taken care of, have all their questions answered, help with those things. I personally I call myself the critical eye at the Bradford as well. I'm the person that walks over and I'm like, this is not good enough. This needs to shine. Like the top of the Chrysler building. I call myself Ms. Hannigan over there. I handle a lot of those vendors that help that keep mm-hmm. the image good like the painter and the maintenance and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like I'm all over the place, honestly. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I don't really know I can't say that there's like an actual like label for my role. All right. How many employees do you have?
0: So we have three full-time employees, like 40-hour per week full-time. We have two full part-time. It's their only thing they do, but they're technically part-time. So they work about 20 hours a week. No, three of those. Yes. They're three. Three full part-time. And then we have four girls in the collective outside of those people that are um, 1099 contract employees because they decide what weddings they want to take. And then we actually have three other part-time employees that work for the Bradford
1: venue supervisors that take on like between 20 and 25 weddings a year and the conversations with them. So this is forever evolving. But I think that the answer is that we have seven that I would classify as fully part-time, three that we would classify as full part-time, like meaning this is their only job and that's their part-time. We have three people who are full-time and then we have dana and i so what's that number
0: i stopped counting (laughs) it's a lot
1: it's a lot of people
0: 13 15 we're us so one question we get asked often is how long have we been married obviously not to each other but to our significant other so to each other we've been married for almost
1: 37 years
0: because there's kind of like a like a marriage of sorts. It is definitely. Totally. A there's a lot of like
1: finances involved, yeah. feelings involved, talking involved.
0: Well, we went to counseling. It was a marriage. We
1: counseling. did. It was, well, no, Dana actually said to me at one point like, "Hey, I went to this thing, I can't remember what it was, inconsequential, but she's like, I really think that we need to go to couples counseling." And I was like, "That would be so good for you and Sam." And she said, "With you." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay. Like we can we can totally go to couples counseling." So we went to a marriage counselor for a while
0: to work out some of our issues. But to our spouses, I got married when I was 22, about six weeks after I graduated. I got married to... People like to say he's my high school sweetheart, and I don't know why I pushed back so far and I – because we did date because in high school. Is. Yeah, but like I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it used to. But anyways, we've been dating – we were got together when, when I was 17. Which was when she was in high school, to be clear. He wasn't in high school when we started dating. Like he wasn't – like we went to prom together, which is the whole story. Like I was dating this guy, and then for like two years, and we broke up. And I was, I love to dress up. And so my goal, when I was in eighth grade, my goal is like, I want to go to prom every single year. Like that was just the only goal of high school. I don't even care what grades I got. I just wanted to go to prom all four years. And so the first two years was solid because I had an older boyfriend that took me to prom and then we broke up and it was my junior year. And I was like, I need a prom day. And I knew Sam, he was cute, but he was just, like a friend, so like I didn't have like these like strong feelings about him, but he was tall. I'm six feet tall, and so it was imperative that my date was taller. Makes that really bothered me when I was seventeen, sixteen at the time, and so I convinced him that I liked him. So, really, you're opportunistic. I it am. just sounds like that. It does. Yeah. And he asked me to prom, and then he asked me out shortly after there. But I was like, I can't say no to you because prom would be awkward. Like, mm-hmm. so we're just gonna like date. And then somehow between that time and prom, I realized this is a really cool person, like really sweet and really kind. And we just stayed together since then. And yeah. we did all through college. And he is one of those people that everyone always said, how'd you get married so young? And I knew he was the right person probably when I was about 21, 2021. 20, and my all through high school, my last year of high school, mom got really sick and she was in the hospital from like... I think it was like August to like May or something. It was a really long time. And Courtney had moved out because she was getting married. This was when everyone forgot my 18th birthday, by the way, which will be mentioned later on in a podcast Mm -hmm. episode. And he was at NC State and I would go up and I'd visit mom up at Big Wake and I would sit with her. And I, there were some nights I would stay the night. The nurses all knew me. They had a cot for me, but then sometimes I would go home and I was the swim team captain. I was like VP of like student council. I mean, I was like overwhelmed with school as my senior year. And there were times I just couldn't go visit mom. And I would text Sam and I was like, Hey, can you ride your bike? so you can have a car <laughs> over to big wake and visit mom. Like, and he would go and visit her mm-hmm. and sit with her. And then I would see her, and then I would see her, and she'd be like, "You didn't come visit me for three weeks." And I was like, "Mom, I was just here two days ago." And she was like, "Well, Sam was here," and I was like, "Yeah, I know." And so the joke is, that everyone likes Sam more than they like me and my family, which is probably the truth. After that, you just kind of know this person's in it for the long haul. Yeah, it's true. Like you can't throw anything at him. I mean, he's been through like like my literal hell. So yeah. we just knew we wanted to get married and. We did. And it was great. And it's been fun. And everyone always said the first year of marriage was super hard, but it was literally the time of our life. Like, oh my gosh, there's so many great memories from it. But we had so much fun. So we're going on 15 years in July. Crazy. I know. But we were babies and we grew up together. And luckily, we still like each other. Yeah. I mean, I feel like tea.
1: that's kind of like yeah. our story in general is like all four of us have literally like grown up together. That's very true. I mean, like yeah. – Mikhail was around when Dana was in high school, like Dana, Mikhail was in charge of driving Dana down to Florida a couple of times to visit our parents. It's a really fun story. Really fun <laughs> story time. for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been with Mikhail for 20, almost 22 years, yeah. but we've been married for almost 19 years. And I can definitely say that we've been through like our ups and our downs. I could speak ad nauseum about that, but that we've like basically grown up together like all of... When I think about family, I think about Mikhail. When I think about growing up, I think about Michael. I've been t- with him since I was 18. I got married to him when I was almost 21. So we were together for almost three years before we got married. I was a baby and there was so much that changed in my 20s. So yeah, no, I mean, we, I've been married for, it will be 19 years in June. And while it's definitely had its up and downs, like I'm totally grateful for all that it's taught me about myself and my journey going through it for sure. And we have kids. We do have kids. Yes. So we have kids actually very close together. Yes. So I have a 12-year-old. And I have an 11-year-old girl, Ada. And I have a 10-year-old girl, Nora, and they're our closest two. They're only nine months apart. And then we have Henry,
0: who is nine.
1: And then I have a seven-year-old Liam, who
0: is the baby. So Courtney found out we were—we had just gotten approval from the bank that we could start construction. We were going to like break ground, like I think maybe a, a few weeks later. And I said to Dana, "Think of the craziest thing that could happen." And she said, "You are not effing I pregnant." Like, I don't know what happened. I didn't. I know was what happened. very upset about it? She's I hung up very the phone. Upset. And then my husband's like, "Um, your sister just told you she was having a baby, so maybe you should call her back and be a little bit more excited. That was very inappropriate (laughs) reply. Because her reply verbatim was, what the fuck? (laughs) And I was
1: like, I don't know.
0: Maybe it was the fuck. I don't know. It was. And she's like, I don't know how it happened. I was like, you told me how it happened when I was 16. (laughs) So that's Liam. And we love him. And he is
1: the bookend at this point of our... This oh. is
0: Dana's turn. He's the bookends. There is no more <laughs> happening. Fun stories. <laughs> Fun stories. So out of the two of us, who is the risk taker? I think that I'm the risk
1: taker. Like I am totally the ideas girl. Like we should jump into this. We should jump into that. And then Dana
0: is the uh, risk enabler. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. true. Yeah. I am more risk adverse, but I trust Courtney enough for good or bad that it will be fine. So yes, Courtney is the risk taker
1: absolutely i'm totally the risk taker i like something new i like something adventurous mm-hmm. and we wouldn't be in this mess it's true Slash blessing if it weren't for all of my crazy ideas all right so what is your enneagram we'll talk about this a lot in the podcast mm-hmm. is our enneagram we believe very strongly mm-hmm. in the enneagram because we fall very closely into our enneagram number so i'm enneagram seven which is the risk taker the adventurer but even, like, when my, when I look at the Enneagram, and they talk about, like, when your Enneagram's not – like, when you're in a unhealthy spot in your Enneagram, it looks very much like me. When you're in a healthy spot in your Enneagram, it looks very much like me. Very much a risk taker. Very much an adventurer. You start things. You don't finish things. Like, your actions and your talk can look a little bit like ADD. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that totally. Dana's bailed me out of a lot of messes that I've gotten myself into, whether it's just like unpacking boxes or I've got too much on my plate. I don't know how to organize what I should do next.
0: I am an eight. So it's like the challenger. And I feel very deeply about that. A lot of that comes with my sense of justice. I have a very black and white view of the world, even though there's a lot of gray area. But at the same time, my wing, I am, I'm actually pretty high of a nine as well, which is the peacemaker. Because as much as I like to challenge things, I also don't like to hurt people's feelings. Maybe we need to retake that <laughs> test. <laughs> no, but like I, I just like to smooth things over. I can read people really well. Yeah. A lot of issues with eights is they are not empathetic, and I am actually very empathetic. I have very big emotions. I'm a very emotional person, which really resonates more with a nine.
1: When I took the Enneagram test, it said that I was a seven-wing eight. But I'm not a very empathetic person. Like my emotions, I don't feel my emotions mentally. I feel it in my body. Like my body is like, oh, you've pushed it to the limit. You're done. But I haven't actually felt stressed. So I don't know. We'll talk about
0: that a lot. So this is a question we ask all of our guests. Yes. um, Is what was your oh shit moment? Meaning the moment in business when you were like, this is all coming apart and failing. And like, what did we get ourselves into? So my ocean
1: oh moment is very much different than Dana's ocean oh moment because she actually walked me through this ocean oh moment. Mm-hmm. We had built the Bradford, and it was super stressful, and we were starting to have weddings, and we had a couple of weddings, and somebody fell down oh, the yeah. stairs of our concourse. It was like maybe like a year in. It was
0: it was the first year. It was a year in. Yeah, year.
1: and come to find out, this person, this like she normally walks with a walker. Or Kane, and she decided that she was not gonna walk the walker or Kane at her like her granddaughter's wedding or like her great niece's wedding. I don't remember like the relationship to the bride, but she fell down the stairs and like somebody emailed us later and, was, and it was like, Hey, so-and-so fell down the stairs. I had to catch her. I'm a bus driver, mm-hmm. it's affected my leg too. And it really brought up all these questions of, like, insurance and, like, about suing. But I was like, oh, my God. Like, what if somebody falls to the Bradford? Like, what if somebody gets hurt? Like, we are going to be sued every weekend. Like, I can't help if somebody falls down the stairs or, like, has too much to drink or, like, all these things. And I just remember talking to Dane, and I was like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I literally can't do it. Like, I, I was, like, so anxious. But that was out of my control, right? Like, I didn't have control over whether somebody fell on the stairs and, like, how they reacted or how they viewed that as – my fault or their fault or whatever. And I was like, I can't do this every weekend. Like I like, and I did have so much anxiety, which is one of like the catalysts for hiring somebody else. Like, I can't see it. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. want to know about it. I just want to know like retroactively that everything was fine because I had so much anxiety related to it. And I couldn't see that coming down the
0: pipeline. I think it's such a, a great question. Cause I feel like I could have one of those moments every year, like where, okay. and I don't know if it's, It's the same gravity of I should be doing this. It's the gravity of more of like I'm making wrong choices or doing like not being a good boss or whatever. But genuinely, like the one time I like went home to Sam and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I want to, I just want to walk away. It was in the middle of construction. I made probably an incorrect plan (laughs) to take Sam to Charlotte for his birthday because we'd had this horrible year and I got him tickets to the Panthers and At this time, we were like living like paycheck to paycheck because it was costing us so much money. We had so much racked up on credit cards. But I was totally that twenty nine year old, like it's fine, it'll be fine, like and it really will be fine. Well, in the process, we left and our we ended up our dog was really sick and we had to put the dog down, which was like this extra like six hundred dollars, was super expensive to euthanize a dog, and I had no idea, and we had no money, like we couldn't even buy groceries that month. And I remember thinking, looking at this building. And certainly there was weddings happening, but we were like, we were still spending more money than than what was coming right. in. And we were operating at a loss for a very long, for like six months, pretty much. And I just remember looking at Sam and I was like, we're going to have to ask for help. Like we can't even afford to feed our kids this month. And I just remember thinking like, it's not worth it. Like I just, I, I lost it. I just could not pull it together. I was like, this is not worth it. I can't believe I put my family through this. I can't believe we did this. We have no savings. Like I've never been someone to like make poor choices to the point where I couldn't even like buy groceries. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard <laughs> to come to terms with it. So the other question that we get asked a lot, especially when we're speaking is, what do you love about being an entrepreneur? Like, what's your favorite part about it? like why do, why should we inspire people to take this leap cuz it sounds like right now it kind of sucks <laughs> but why i don't i love it for multiple reasons but
1: i like creating our own path i like developing mm-hmm. or i mean there's been low times for sure like there was definitely times where our lifestyle suffered because we were entrepreneurs but more often than not our lifestyle has benefited because we were entrepreneurs like i think about just take 2020 for example which no one saw coming we are able to wrap whatever our family needs around our entrepreneurship journey. Like, we can make our schedule, we can change it, we can be flexible, we can adjust to the needs of our family because we're entrepreneurs. I love the idea of building a team. Like, I love the idea of mentoring other 29 year olds and 30 year olds and 30, because they're all younger now, 31 year olds to move into their best and be able to inspire their ideas Mm -hmm. and it's amazing to see other people get behind your vision like there's nothing more I guess I'm thinking like affirming there's nothing more affirming than um, Mm -hmm. seeing somebody else get behind your idea love your product as much as you love your product care about it as much as you care about it like I totally love that Mm -hmm. like their their job is created
0: because I created this Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I do love that. I will agree. I think building a team, just the community is really amazing. But I think, overarching to me, what I love about being an entrepreneur is I genuinely think it's made me a better person. Like, I feel like it has made me more compassionate. I think that it has allowed me to put myself in other people's shoes more often than just my own. And it's been really interesting, like, who I was in college and who I was in high school and how very different I am now. And I think it's because of being an entrepreneur. And even being in the industry too, just the, like when you're at a wedding, you are with, hun- at, well, before 2020, you're with like over a hundred people and you can like, I can talk to a brick wall. I can literally talk to a brick wall about anything and everything and find something in common. Even like the person that is probably in my mind could be the worst human on the face of the planet. I could find something in common with them yeah. because that's like the skill you have to have to be a business owner. And so I feel like it's just made me Look at the world in a very – even though I, I do see the world in very black and white, I can acknowledge that there's a lot of gray and I can respect there's a lot of gray where I don't feel like I would have been the same. I would have had that same thought prior mm-hmm. to owning a business.
1: So yeah, those are a few uh, quick questions kind of uh, that we get asked all the time.
0: Was it quick? I don't know. Probably not. So we are so excited to start this podcast. We is something we have been thinking about for a couple of years, actually, yes, and we just we have never had either the time, the energy, or just probably the inspiration to be truthful to like get it off the ground. So we are so stoked. Out right now is also our first episode with Rachel Sheeran, who has been not only a great friend to us, but an amazing mentor. So make sure you check it out. And then the next week will be me and Courtney chatting about our takeaways yeah, from that Rachel Sheeran conversation, which will be the model going forward. Yes, Guest slash takeaways. But we are so excited to go on this journey with all of you.
1: Absolutely. All right. Cheers to hustle and gather in conversations
0: with sisters. And to learn more about our hustles, visit cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, and hustleandgather.com. Or follow us on Instagram at cndevents, at thebradfordnc, and at hustleandgather. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast
1: is a production of EarFluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle and Gather.